Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks. Uh, Welcome to another episode of uh, Wisdom of Friends. I'm your host, Cal Ross, and I'm today really excited to be introducing you to a good friend of mine. His name is Chad Barr. Chad is the founder and president of the Chad Barr Group. He's also an internet marketing strategist with over 30 years of experience transforming businesses through technology innovation. Born and raised in Israel, Chad arrived in the United States at age 22, determined to capture the American dream. He founded his own technology company in 1987 and quickly became a globally sought-after software developer, mentor, and strategist. The Chad Bar Group works with clients on multiple continents, including the UK, Italy, Germany, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa, Israel, and across the United States. Chad helps his clients leverage the web to dramatically transform their businesses and establish a powerful web presence. His firm, the Chad Bar Group, is recognized as one of the leading strategic internet development organizations in the world. Chad devotes his time to writing, coaching, consulting, speaking, and leading his clients to greater success. A prolific writer about the web, marketing, and business strategy, he has published hundreds of articles and also co-authored the book, The Million Dollar Web Presence, which demonstrates how to leverage the web to build your brand and transform your business. When he's not working with his clients, Chad enjoys his latest role as a grandfather to three wonderful grandchildren, a former professional guitarist, Chad especially enjoys playing guitar for his grandchildren who thinks he's the coolest guitarist in the world. Friends, uh, this is a fascinating conversation where Chad and I talk about what it really takes to live a good life, how to balance it out with all the successes and ups and downs and the ebb and flow of life. And this is a really fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. So please pull up a chair and listen in. So without further ado... Let's welcome the one and only Chad Barr. So good morning, uh, Chad. Welcome to another episode of uh, Wisdom of Friends. I'm really excited that you took some time uh, to be on this show. And let me start off with my first impressions of you. This was almost uh, 15 years ago when we first met and I don't know if you recall this, but this was at a Toastmasters meeting in Shaker Heights at the East Side Cleveland Toastmasters Club. And you had given a speech. Uh, that's when I first met you at this meeting. And I remembered distinctly about this incredible journey that you had all the way from Israel to United States and how you had started a business of entrepreneurship. And, uh, and then since then, I've been following your progress and success and it's just that now you become one of the globe's leading internet marketing strategists and I knew that having you on the show and all your incredible uh, contribution to society and your insights would definitely uh, benefit our audience. So again, thank you for taking the time and uh, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Cal. Thank you for inviting me. And I, I do recall very clearly the Toastmaster uh, sessions we had. It was it, it was a blast. I, I had a great time. I learned a lot. Great group of people. And it gave me probably the, the initial push to get into the speaking arena. So uh, uh, good memory. And thanks for reminding me some uh, uh, good thoughts and good memories. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Chad, one of the ways uh, we kick off our show is uh, with a very simple question for our guest. And that is, what is your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by and how have you applied it to your life? You know, I, ha- I have several, you know, I, I love quotes, especially the ones that inspire me to to become a better person or to impact the world. One of the quotes, and I'm not sure who to attribute, uh, attribute it to, I probably could search it on the internet. Um, but one of the things, my quotes, my favorite is, um, the impossible only takes a few minutes longer. 
And that, that's not only a quote that I live by, but I always encourage and entice my clients and especially my team to think about when I hear things like, oh, I can't do that. That quote always crossed my mind. The impossible only takes a few minutes longer. Think about even the U.S. making it to the, to the mission to the moon and so many other things that over centuries uh, we are able to accomplish it as human being. Same, same applied to me. I love the challenges and I love, I love uh, that quote. The second one is uh, probably my own quote, serving in Israeli military. Uh, and at one point during the Israeli military, I was in a battle where guns were going off and things like that. And what I've come to realize today in the business world, as challenging as business or life may become, no one is shooting at me. So that saying, that quote that I always rehearse in my head, what's the worst that can happen? No one is shooting at me. Have fun. You know, try different things. Try big, daring goals and try different things uh, in your life. The rewards oftentimes are just remarkable. I love that. That is so great. And I think... uh just to summarize what you just said is like, you know, the impossible takes just a little bit longer and it's about going the extra mile. And, you know, they say the path on the extra mile is lonely. And if you can jump on that path, you can truly uh, set yourself apart. And I, the second thing is I, and this is so great about taking risks and it, you know, it's about what's the worst that can happen. And having that mindset allows us to accomplish things that oftentimes we have, may have thought it was outside our comfort zone. So this is so great. Uh, so Chad, I'm looking at your background and you have a phenomenal uh, success with your business. Uh, I know that uh, your company, the Chad Bar Group, works with clients on multiple continents, including the UK, Italy, Germany, Ireland, Australia, and uh, all across the United States, including uh, some of the European uh, countries as well. And you help your clients leverage the web to dramatically transform their businesses and establish a powerful web presence. And and we're going to get into uh, all of that a little bit further down here. But what I'm curious about is, how did this journey began for you? Did you always know that internet and technology was your forte or this is something that that you discovered uh, through trial and error? So walk us through that path, please. So as I mentioned earlier, I was born and raised in Israel, and I was 22 or 21 years of age right after the military service when I first had the opportunity to to arrive to the U.S. Although I became pro- – music was my passion at the time, still is. And um, I became an entrepreneur at the age of 12 or 13 playing music at different gigs. Uh, later, I had a band in Israel, which was very successful. So I, I really loved the, love of, the life of an entrepreneur. When I arrived to the U.S., um, and I start to attend school, I decide to become a music major. And perhaps two or three years into my study, I decide to take a computer course. And I think it was COBOL programming, which was my first computer course. And I'll tell you, I fell in love with programming, with the whole language of programming and how to do so. And the same wave, whether it was wave, waves in my brains or brainwaves, whatever I would, I'm thinking of here, um, the same enjoyment that I remember from composing music, entertaining, playing music, similar enjoyment I got from creating a new piece of code, writing software. And at that time, I said to my wife, you know, (laughs) perhaps I should try a different venue here. And that moved me at that time into the the world of computer science. So I shifted my study from being a music major to becoming a, um, to, to learn how to program. And then shortly thereafter, my first job uh, out of school was both uh, at a software development firm, writing software solutions for different organizations, at the same time um, also teaching software. So the college I I, I was studying uh, asked me to teach for them as well. So it was kind of an interesting journey that here I am (laughs) arriving from Israel, uh, thinking of becoming a music major and completely shifting my focus into the Internet. And then fast forward, uh, uh, just a a few years later, I decided to create my own software company. And for many years, uh, that was the focus of what I've done. And then I hired some people to help me in the development of software solutions for different organizations. And then with the the, um, uh, success and popularity of the Internet, uh, humorously, I say that it was Al Gore and myself who invented it. (laughs) Uh, But with the success of the Internet, my own clients would come to me and say, 
can you help me go to, get to the internet? And it was at, at its infancy when it was just starting. And I realized there's tremendous opportunity. And I started to develop the skill sets, both for myself and for my team, to learn how to move into the internet, how to develop uh, websites, how to develop e-commerce solution, how to then leverage the web to increase our global reach, to increase our success. And I absolutely fell in love with that part of my business. And then after many years of being a software development, although we still do a lot of software for the internet, our main focus today is how to leverage the power of the internet, uh, the strategy behind it, uh, in order to increase our client success and, of course, our own success as well. That is so great. So uh, what I'm hearing you say is uh, basically uh, from uh, when you arrived from Israel, you uh, essentially wanted to be uh, a musician and having taken uh, courses in as a musician and and then you fell in love with programming and then that led to uh, you starting a software development company and then somewhere down the road when internet was it was in its infancy, basically the clients uh, – Literally, you studied the market, you saw the demand in the marketplace, and then eventually uh, uh, started building your company uh, based on that and then uh, helping your clients really develop a web presence. And uh, that is so great. But I want to get back to your music. And I remember that uh, I think it was a few weeks ago that I read a post I think it was on one of the social media sites where you had talked about how you still accompany, accompany uh, your wife, who is a Cantor Laurel Bar, on guitar while she leads worship services for the senior citizens at a local assisted living uh, complex, apartment complex in uh, Cleveland. So, uh, so tell us about your um, passion for music. It looks like you're still remarkably using your music gift of music to benefit the community. So are you still uh, doing any concerts or performances or anything that uh, related to music? You know, probably playing the guitar, which is my main instrument and composing and entertaining. Playing the guitar is almost like riding a bicycle. Once you know how to do it, you don't completely lose that, although I, I, I don't practice as much as I used to. But uh, my wife has an amazing voice. She's a graduate of the Cleveland Institute of Music, and she's absolutely, I, I'm sure I'm, bi- I'm biased somewhat, but she absolutely has a, an amazing voice. People oftentimes refer to her as a better version of Barbara Streisand, and she really has a gift of a voice. Um, so although my main focus today is internet, and we'll talk about my photography hobby maybe later on, um, I, I love playing music, and uh, so I still use it both uh, as a hobby, even though I'm a professional musician, uh, to play for my grandkids, who still think that I'm the coolest guitarist in the world, and that's good. <laughs> uh, but my wife, uh, my wife, uh, entertains for those for that nursing home twice a month. So it's it's her way of pulling me out of retirement. I enjoy it tremendously, not just to to listen to her voice and accompany her, but to see the faces of the older people enjoying it and getting involved in singing. And, and, and sometimes you see tears in their eyes. It, it's just amazing just to, to see that joy and to be part of it. So so I love this. And uh, that's my way to still be involved. And then every once in a while, whether it's once a year or whenever, Oftentimes, she arranges for a concert. Uh, she used to have Cantor concert, which she invited some amazing can- cantors. So oftentimes, she asks me to accompany them or to to uh, play a song with her. Uh, so, so music is still in my in my DNA, and I enjoy that both. Uh, uh, and, and I have my guitars in my office, so, so a couple of times a week I even turn around, pull the guitar out, play a little bit, and then go back into the business uh, world. No, that is so great, and I'm so glad that you and your wife are able to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, bring joy and light into uh, the lives of all the senior citizens in your community, and it's it's really a remarkable thing to do. So one thing I'm curious about, Chad, is uh, what did your parents do, and how did that shape your life growing up? My parents moved to Israel. Uh, my father, uh, I, I believe in 1947, a year before Israel became a state, and my mother in 51, he came from Russia, uh, and my mother came from Poland, um, although they were, uh, luckily, they escaped the Holocaust. Uh, their their uh, grandparents and, and my grandparents uh uh, many of uh, on my grandparents' family side, a lot of them have been lost in the Holocaust. So they brought uh, a great spirit of building, 
uh, new nation into the into the state of Israel. So my mother was a nurse uh, all her life, as I remember her, both building, helping build the original initial hospitals in Israel in 51, 52. Uh, my father was very much involved in uh, protecting the state of Israel. But then from a profession standpoint, as you ask me, my father was a building contract. He was involved in, in building um the state of Israel. So uh, he was a contractor and my mother was a nurse. And I believe uh, if there are a few things that I remember is, uh, first of all, the spirit of helping others. Our house was always open for guests and immigrants from all over the world. I remember immigrants from Russia and, and Europe and whoever w- was immigrating to Israel. My parents always had an open house. So the spirit of giving back, helping others, the spirit of entrepreneurship, uh, I, they always instilled it in me, um, it, perhaps in a subtle kind of way, but always encouraged me to be, uh, to, to, to have the spirit of an entrepreneur, to read, to study. Uh, those are some of the things uh, that I remember. And as I said earlier, to really give back to, to the community around us, to the world, and to try to impact and make the, this place a better place. That is uh, really inspiring. And uh and and I can I can totally see that how you have applied it and uh, you know that you've lived this life uh, with those kind of personal values. Just an example, as we were referring earlier, as to how you and your wife uh, make a difference for the community with your music and worship, worship, and that's such a remarkable thing to do. So that's really awesome. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, and one of the ways, uh, one of the things that you had uh, when I've interviewed so many people on this podcast, and a common trend has emerged, which is. You know, oftentimes, most of these successful people have encountered, uh, like, uh, incredible setbacks uh, or failures, as some would call it. But, you know, they have a different way of looking at it. They somehow don't look at, uh, at it as a failure, but use that as a stepping stone to a greater challenge or a higher uh, success, if you will. And so my question to you is, uh, what were one or two biggest challenges that you faced in your life? And uh, how did you overcome it? And what lessons have you learned from them that helped you navigate your life going forward? That's a great question. So first of all, I would acknowledge and agree with you. I I don't see setbacks as setbacks. I see them either as a, a need for a detour, for a different way, a different approach, or the other perspective is I need to be patient or I need to have more patience um, in order to, to reach the destination. So that always crossed my mind. Am I on the right track here? Is this potential hint of a failure, although I, don't, I never see it as a failure, is saying to me, you haven't tried the right approach or you haven't done it long enough in order to get to the destination. Um, so if I were to reflect on some of the key challenges, uh, perhaps uh, one of them was arriving to the U.S. Uh, I had the opportunity to come here, but my, my, my English skills or my language skills were not as refined as they are today. Um, and, and then attending school with a whole different language and, and starting to, to, uh, to study uh, both music and later on computer science and Internet um, was just very challenging, but I love I, I love the the, uh, the overall the challenge I was facing, and I always look for those challenges. Uh, otherwise, I get very bored. So even though it perhaps was a challenge, uh, it was an enticing, exciting challenge that I had to conquer, and I love conquering this challenge and then moving to the next thing. Because otherwise, as I said uh, a couple of minutes ago, uh, uh, I get very bored. And then the last thing I would say, perhaps not the word challenge, but overcoming uh, pain or adversity. Um, Losing my mom about 15 years ago was a huge, huge uh, challenge for me. I was very close with her and um, losing her uh, was rough, was was very rough. So, um, but again, that, that taught me different lessons in, in life. And although the first year after I lost her was very painful to even bring her name up in conversation, mm. uh, a year later, I started to bring up her name with a smile, with remembering the great memories, the great lessons that she taught me. Um, so there was a lesson there that while she was alive, perhaps I was not reflecting on all the wisdom because I took it for granted. But once she was gone, 
um, I cherish those moments. Um, and people sometimes often, who in the world would you love to interview? Uh, and I'll tell you, today I would pay anything to interview my mom again. That is so beautiful, and I'm really sorry for your loss there. And uh, no, I think what you're stating here is just uh, so beautiful because uh, it it leaves us with a lesson that you know we got to appreciate people that we have in our lives and not take them for granted. And and really, and then that's one of the things that I'm doing personally here that I'm going to India to visit my mom. It's going to be a quick visit. Uh, for a week. And one of the things I plan on doing is to interview my mom. That's been on my agenda for some time now. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's a beautiful reminder. Oh, uh, do, do this as soon as possible, Cal. And, uh, and, uh, that's, that's fabulous. And I remember when my parents had the opportunity to visit us here in the U.S. and I actually brought a videographer who did not speak one word of Hebrew. And I said, all I am asking you to do is turn two cameras on. And let me do the interviews. And I spoke to my parents for hours, probably two, three hours, while the video cameras were rolling, uh, asking them to tell the stories of their lives. And I have it on videotape, which I watch, uh, and my kids watch it, and soon my grandkids will watch it. So great for you uh, for doing it. Do it sooner than later. Maybe even turn the video camera on. Uh, you and your family will cherish it for many, many years. I like that. Thank you for that tip, and I'll definitely uh, include that as part of my plans. Awesome. Uh, the next question I have for you, Chad, is uh, whom did you idolize uh, growing up? Or in other words, who are your mentors and uh, what fascinated you about them? I'm not a huge fan of the word mentors, I have to to admit and, and, and be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have people I uh, admire. I have people I respect uh, growing up and now. Um, but I I'm not a huge fan, as I said, of the word mentor. Uh, Some of my clients oftentimes call me and say, would you mentor me? And I said, I I much prefer to become your trusted advisor. I much much prefer to become the person who advises you how. But so so, so let me just qualify that I'm not a huge fan. But uh, to answer your question about idolizing or, or perhaps maybe the word admiring, there are a lot of people that I just think the world of. Anywhere from, of course, Edison and uh, Aristotle and some of the greatest thinking of the world. I My library is full of books of uh, people who are still alive and people who passed away and shared their wisdom with us. I love the wor- work of Peter Drucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably have all the books, in the, oh, all these books in my library. Seth Godin, Stephen Pressfield, Marshall Goldsmith. Um, so so many that come to mind, but uh, there's no one. But, uh, but also, for growing up in Israel, um, in 1967, when we faced the Six-Day War, uh, the person who had the military at that time was Itzhak Rabin, mm. who later on as a prime minister of Israel, unfortunately, was assassinated. I had tremendous admiration, and I always remember thinking, here's the guy who was put with the responsibility to defend the country from all the, country, from all the uh, Arab nation at the time. And not only the pressure, he was a young guy, uh, but so brilliant. So I remember studying him and reading his uh, his, his work. Uh, but perhaps the closest to admiring uh, that comes to mind right away is definitely Yitzhak Rabin, um, both for what he stood for at that time and then devoting his life to peace, to try to strike peace with uh, Yasser Arafat. And I remember him. Um, shaking the hand of Yasser Arafat and trying to really bring peace to the Middle East. That meant a lot to me that here's a, a person of war, uh, pers- perhaps like uh, Mandela as well, right? Yeah. Uh, just who who is now focused on how to make the world a better place and bring peace and unfortunately was assassinated for that same reason. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, really uh, sad that, you know, there's a cost to be uh, had uh, when you stand for uh, something that's uh, bigger than you, for the greater cause of society. It's unfortunate, but I totally agree with you. Some of the names you mentioned are really inspiring uh, world leaders, and you could, we could all learn a lot from them. Uh, I'm, I want to dig a little bit into some of your hobbies and interests, uh, Chad, and I know that Photography is uh, one of your uh, recent hobbies, and I you mentioned earlier before we got on the show here that photography is uh, something that you have a spiritual connection with. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely. So, you know, before I j- dive into photography, today my passion, uh, if, if there's 
a way for me to identify it. I have, I have different passions other than, of course, my grandkids and my family. But I'm, I'm very passionate about helping my clients achieve greater success, whatever success means to them. And it's very subjective. So you mentioned earlier this whole aspect of the web presence. And by the way, my definition of web presence oftentimes go, go into the strategy of the web, the remarkable content that they create around it, and then how do they market it? How do they create the wow factor that when people show up to their website or the web present, I want them to go, wow, this is a place of a world-class act. And now I need to spend a couple of minutes longer and hopefully contact that person. So that wow factor probably was in me for many, many years on how, how to create this wow. And I always had the love for photography. And then I started to study it much more in the past year or so. Uh, invested also in the right equipment, follow some of the top photographers in the world, uh, got some books to study that. And not only did I find my skill improved tremendously, uh, and I, I love the results and the feedback I get from people. Wow, you've got to put those things on the web so we can purchase those photos. Uh, I love doing it. And what I discover, which you just mentioned, it has become my spiritual connection. It has become my way to look at, at things as small as a tiny butterfly or t- tiny um, a bee, all the way to a tree, to a flower, to a landscape, to the sea, to animals, to people. I love looking at that. And through the lens, it gives me a sense of amazing admiration where before I almost took it for granted. Here I am right now talking to you and looking outside and I see my the remarkable trees outside my windows and the birds. Before I took it for granted, now through my, the, the lens of my camera, it's a way for me to capture life, to capture the amazing creation around us. And that absolutely has become somewhat, not somewhat, completely my spiritual connection to the world. That is uh, beautiful and <clears throat> what I'm hearing is, uh, you know, you're connecting the humanity with the creation of God's uh, God's creation there, basically with nature and and the animals and the birds and the flowers and the trees. And it's such a beautiful, remarkable uh, way of looking at life and looking at this uh, beautiful nature that we have we are living into. Now that is you so know, uh, awesome. Yeah, that's exactly right. We, we are. So, Humanity and humankind has become so advanced in the ability to create remarkable things. And I always, it fascinates me how over centuries we can now create things that I cannot imagine or fathom 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 300 years looking forward, looking into the future for people to envision what we create. However, with all the sophistication, humankind is not able to create a tree, to create a bird, to create. Uh, uh, um, uh, a squirrel and when I look at that that to me is the utmost admiration of, of creation um, so so as I said and, and as you just summarized whether uh, it's the the divine divine power God uh, spirituality nature I just uh, photography gives me a, a chance to look at it for a brief moment and to say wow this is absolutely remarkable and amazing. And a way for me to share it with the world, of course. No, that is so great. Uh, now, the other question that I'm curious about, uh, Chad, is uh, having traveled to different countries now and, uh, you know, this uh, journey as an immigrant from Israel to the U.S. and having worked with, having started a business now and successful business, have become a a world-class public speaker and consultant and a trusted advisor to so many clients across the globe. Uh, what I'm curious about now is what's your definition of success and how would you define greatness at this point in life? That's a great question. To me, success is, number one, having the freedom to do as I choose when I choose with whom I, I choose. So, for example, um, freedom freedom could be that today at 2 o'clock, I need to take a, a break and I'll take out my camera and decide to go somewhere and create a short adventure. Um, missing my grandkids who live in Orlando, uh, to me, success means I can book a ticket uh, to either fly them here or for me to get on a plane and go and see them. To me, success means that uh, at any given point, I can have amazing 
experiences and quality of life with my wife, uh, go to see a movie. Um, to me, success means that I've been fortunate to work with some of the smartest clients in the world to help them shape their future, to help them shape their legacy, to help them create the right web presence, the right content. All of this is is very subjective. And as I said earlier, I believe success is subjective from a person. But to me, success starts with the simplicity of holding the hands of my wife at a, a service or a movie or walking down Chagrin Falls and, and, and being able to get ice cream or, or just enjoy life or have conversation like this. Uh, so both peace, um, admiration of, of the creation, uh, and the ability to, to impact the world. The ability for me to, to, to make a dent on the world. I've come to this recent realization. I'll just share with you very quickly. This realization came to me this past year. The realization was, what if... Some of the top thinkers in the world, and I mentioned some of them, whether it's Aristotle or Edison or Einstein, uh, perhaps some of the recent ones, uh, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates. What if some of those amazing thinkers over the centuries since I creation have not shared their wisdom with the world? How would our world today potentially would have been different if those amazing thinkers did not share their wisdom with the world. <laughs> My interpretation, we probably would still be living in a, in a version of uh, the Dark Ages, right? Yeah. <laughs> with that in mind, I believe that there is a, some genius, brilliant mind inside all of us. And we have a responsibility, not only for ourselves and our family, we have a responsibility for our clients. We have actually a responsibility for humanity, humanity to share this wisdom, to share our knowledge with the world in order to make it a better place. Because otherwise, many of us are going to end up going to our graves with all this wisdom, all the knowledge still stored inside our head. One of the things that I love doing so much is, is creating the process, creating the, the, the way for our clients to, pu- to pull the content out of their heads in order to, to improve what it is that they do and in order to impact the world. And I believe that actually what you're doing right now, interviewing someone like me and others out there, is a way to capture that wisdom, that knowledge of others so you can share it with, with, with the world and make the world a better place. That all that I just described is success to me. The ability to share, to impact the world, but also enjoy those little moments, whether it's uh, looking at the face of my grandkids or taking my camera and shooting uh, a young kid or a butterfly. That is the ultimate success. Oh, it's uh, so beautiful. Uh, you know, I just... So just to recap, I mean, the through line what I'm hearing from your sharing sharing here is one, the simplicity is uh, what's remarkable about success and the, having the ability to have options and the freedom to, uh, you know, uh, have your grandkids fly down to visit you or you fly down there to be with them or just holding your wife's hand and walking, uh, taking the simple pleasures of life. Uh, as you mentioned, Chagrin Falls, one of my favorite places in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, also the ability to uh, capture and share our wisdom and the genius in each one of us so that it uh, leaves a, a blueprint for others to follow and society. I totally, totally love that. That's beautifully stated. Thank you. Yeah. And then uh, moving on to our next section, and this is... Uh, these are some of the questions that we've gotten from our audience, Chad. And uh, one of the first questions that I have for you here is, uh, what books have you gifted or uh, reread over the years? That's also a very, very good question. Um, I have a huge library, both copy uh, in my library here and also now over the past many years, a digital library. I, I get a lot of my book through iBooks and Audible. I love listening to them when I walk or, uh, or drive or uh, or things like that. I cannot think of a book that I reread more than once. I love reading new things, but yet I look at my library and every once in a while I pull a book out and open it at random at a given page and see what, what jumps at me for that page. I, I love doing that, but I love reading new stuff all the time. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge reader or listener to books. Uh, used to be books on tape. Now it's books on digital, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but some of, of the amazing work of uh, P. 
Peter Drucker and uh, and uh, I love the work of Stephen Pressfield, uh, which uh, the book about uh, overcoming our resistance. Resistance, yes. Uh, the art of war, the war of art. I always <laughs> yeah, the war of art. I think yeah, something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Stephen Pressfield, uh, he's got some amazing business book, but he's got some amazing novel. Uh, this I, I mentioned before uh, the story of the Six Day War. Uh, the Lion's Gate comes to mind, and I think maybe that's one of the book I read twice uh, from Stephen Pressfield. It's an amazing story uh, um, about uh, the events of the Six Day War. As he he interviewed 350 or so people, uh, warriors and individuals and government people, and the way he told the story was just fascinating to me. Uh, so I love the work of Stephen Pressfield. Um, uh, and so many others that that come to mind. The books that I gift people. Uh, recently, I read uh, probably last year or so, maybe two years ago. I read the the book, uh, the one thing, uh, which really resonated with me. So I did give that as a gift a couple of times to people. Uh, but sometimes uh, a friend of mine said that he's into recipes of. Um, uh, shake, so not shake, those a healthy thing. Uh, so I got s- some books from me on how to create the the healthy uh, healthy shakes or, or whatever. And I think I gifted my friend this. One of my friends is into workouts, so uh, it's n- it's not always a business book or a book of wisdom. Somebody could just be book of photography. Uh, so whatever is their passion at the moment, that's what I would gift that person. As I said, it could be a workout book. It could be a book of Peter Drucker. It could be the one thing that I just read recently. It could be a book of Pressfield. Or sometimes people say to me, what book would you recommend? And I think Pressfield has come to mind. Seth Godin comes to mind. Marshall Goldsmith comes to mind. Uh, so many others, amazing, amazing authors and thinkers of our century. Century and books for people that uh, unfortunately left us, but the wisdom is in the books. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we'll include all of these uh, wonderful names, uh, authors, in our show notes here. And uh, so the next question, Chad, uh, uh, for you is, what stops people, in your opinion, from achieving their full potential? I would say mindset mindset and courage comes to mind. Uh, so one of my favorite questions, both to myself and close people around me and prospective clients before they become a client, do you have the courage to do what it takes to be successful? And I realize as my young kids would say, duh, of course I have the courage. But oftentimes people say, I do have the courage and they don't follow through. So to me, cur- courage is absolutely number one in, in reaching a higher level of success. The second word that comes to mind um, is... You said mindset, yeah? Mindset, yeah. Mindset, and then the, th- the third one comes to mind is uh, execution, mm. uh, being true to, to doing what you said you're going to do. Earlier, we talked about having the patience to, to, to overcome adversity or challenges or trying different things. But unless you follow through, you say, you know, I want to reach this goal or I want to create uh, a new product or an, a new experience for people to, to, to experience, unless you, you execute it, it's all an idea in someone's head. So the first thing is the mindset to say, uh, I know I'm going to do it. Uh, the discipline uh, to execute it. And then the courage to say, what's the worst that can happen? Because sometimes people don't do it because they're afraid of failure or they're afraid of criticism. Um, those are the three or so words that come to mind that I believe hold people back from reaching higher level of success and impact humanity in a much higher level than they have been able to before. No, that's uh, so great. Uh, the next question uh, is, uh, what advice would you give to someone entering the world of uh, marriage and parenting? I know you've had a wonderful marriage and you've had uh, amazing grandkids. So what advice would you give to someone who's entering this uh, phase of life? Yeah, I married my wife 38 years ago and I'm still married to her. So uh, that's a great sign. Uh, and, and look, probably like all married couples, uh uh, there are the challenges to overcome, but but even through the challenges, there was never a thought that <laughs> we're going to give up or step away. And unfortunately, I, I don't remember the exact um, statistical information here, but I, I think close to 60% of marriages uh, unfold and collapse, unfortunately. Uh, so on one hand, I would say when you see the right person, when you know this is the right pe- person, 
my philosophy, you don't need to experiment any any longer. Uh, so <laughs> going back to perhaps my early days, I dated several uh, <laughs> several uh, women in my life. Um, but when I saw and met my wife, I knew this is the one I want to marry. And people say, how did you know that? And the only thought that crossed my mind, and I was too young at the time to realize that, but if there's a way for me to articulate, it was I saw her as the mother of my kids. Mm. I saw her ability to raise my kids, and I never saw it in any of my other girlfriends. And that was pretty, pretty, pretty profound. So, so not only having the partner, having the friend that I know I want to share, having great time. So it's not just the love and possibly sex that has to be, of course, okay, if I may say it on the show. But to me, is having a true friend that I can share my life. I can share successes. I can share uh, uh, how to overcome adversity. Someone I can confide in. Uh, those are all critical before I marry the person. And it was very fast for me to know this is the right person. But as I said before, um, realizing that as we raise a family, this is the the person I would want as the mother of my kids. Uh, and I thought I saw her ability to do so just unbelievable. And then your second question was about parenting. Um, so on one hand, I think there's an important structure or, or discipline, but also at the same time balancing it with the freedom to make choices and sometimes to fail, of course, and not to spoon feed them everything, to give them the challenge and to see them through the challenge. Uh, of course, to always push them to read and to study and to become a better person and then devote back to the community that they live in. Uh, so even with my grandkids, I see it both for ourselves and my kids. What are they, if they're getting some allowance, what part of the allowance are, are they uh, giving to what's called in 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 Jewish uh, tzedakah, good for good deeds. So I see my daughter, and we've done that with our with our own kids. When they give them a dollar or or twenty five cents, they have to take a portion of that and then allocate it to give back to to people who are in need of that. Uh, so so both creating the discipline by the same time creating the freedom. It's almost like creating an entrepreneurship mindset from a young age to allow them to make the right choices, to fail at time, uh, but to know that you're always there to support them in their decision to to become a better person. No, I like that. That is so great. And so what I'm hearing you say is, uh, one, in terms of choosing a partner, it's like having, when you know that, uh, you know, that person could be the mother of your children, that's, you know, you got to stop experimentation at that point and really uh, move on with that. And then secondly, as far as parenting is concerned, it's really about giving them the freedom and uh, the ability to have their entrepreneur mindset so that they can make mistakes and learn from it, but also focus on developing themselves with education and knowledge and wisdom and and also giving back to whatever allowances that they earn during the course of their growing up years. No, that's uh, that's uh, amazing. Exactly. That's a exactly. great value. Great value there. Uh, now, these are some of the business questions that we've gotten uh, from our audience here, Chad. And one of them is uh, having, you know, we know we live in a, a society today with an attention span deficit, right? It's kind of like uh, people have the attention span of like, what, 30 seconds or less. So the question is, how can the web content be optimized. Any tips on that? I know you talked about the wow factor initially. What would you say are your three best tips that you can give to someone who is uh, running a small business or is, in, is on an entrepreneur journey or creating a website? What would be your top three strategies that they can uh, take away? So, so the, just to make sure uh, that I focus on, the, on, on your question, the three tips in order to best optimize the web presence to attract the right people and to create more success for themselves? Yes. Is, is that the question? Yeah. Um, it, it goes back to what I mentioned before, and I wrote I wrote many articles on, the, on this uh, and books on this. Um, it goes back to my definition of web presence. First of all, you have to identify the strategy of your business and the strategy of your, your, your internet. So the first word is strategy. The second word is what I call remarkable content. 
and the third word is third word is marketing and the wow factor when it comes to strategy first of all who is the buyer who is the audience you're trying to attract many people have no clue uh, i want to sell to anyone out there well who are they where are they located what do they read your audience that you're trying to attract what are their preferences are there certain events that they attend do they listen to certain shows Knowing the, the, those preferences are critical in order to set up the right strategy. The second part is what are the remarkable offerings that you bring to the table that would make you absolutely irresistible? So identifying, looking at that from a, a strategic and technical perspective is critical before you start to even create a website. And many of my clients, when they first come to me, uh, don't, cannot articulate what, what are the offerings, not just service offering, but products offering. What do you think you're creating over the next six months, 12 months, perhaps even beyond that? We have to identify the documented and put together what I call a roadmap uh, to success. And the other thing, uh, so, so, so that's part of the strategy, and I'm very quickly just going through that right now. The second component is the remarkable content. There's so much noise out there, and I look at so much content of people putting on the Internet not only they're quoting others, and I don't have a big issue with quoting others, but if you want to position yourself as a thought leader, you've got to start quoting yourself. You've got to start coming <laughs> up with unique, provocative saying that people say, wow, this is a great statement from Cal. Uh, I need to, to, to repurpose it or share it with others, right? So, so what is the remarkable content, whether it's tweets, articles, books, podcasts, videos, online courses, products that you're creating that make you position you as unique. And people say, wow, this is amazing. I need more of that. Uh, one of the tweets I just put recently, or I call it a meme because it has a visual thing to it. Are you, are you, are you, is your audience saying, wow, I never thought about it this way? Or are they saying, so what? You know, I heard, I've heard it many times before. So that second component, in order to distinguish you, in order to make you different, is critical to look at and to put together what I call remarkable, remarkable content. But you have to learn how to tell the story. So just putting that content out there is one thing. What is the story that you bring to the table that engages people emotionally, not just intellectually, but they say, I too, or I am suffering as well, and Cal has come up with a way for me to, 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 to overcome that. So how do you tell the story is really critical when you put this content out there. And the third component uh, to create web success is the marketing. How do you market yourself? What marketing initiatives are you putting out there in order to attract these people to you and for them to say, I need to work with Cal or I need to work with Chad and then make it uh, not only professional, but to me, the wow factor, people make their opinion very quickly. If you see someone on the street and they're not dressed well they're, when they're stepping into your office, you may have a different opinion than if they come well-dressed uh, and, and position themselves very well. The same thing applies to your website or your web presence. Is your content looking professional? Is your content putting out the concept of, wow, this is remarkable. I need to be associated with this person. So very quickly, those are some of the tips I would or insight I would share with your audience, the people who are listening here, if they want to take their web presence to the next level. There's, of course, a lot more on the website. And uh, if people have uh, questions, I welcome uh, them uh, putting them on social media or sending me an email. I'd be glad to answer some of those. Absolutely. And we'll include all those show links uh, uh, on the podcast uh, show page here. And I like uh, how you just summarized it. It's essentially, uh, you know, having clarity of what your product and service offerings are. And then secondly, having the originality of your thoughts and tweets or message and content and your story. And then the third component about marketing is to, you know, how do you create a wow factor? And uh, I love that. These are some amazing, amazing concepts. Uh, yeah, and uh, the other question, and this is more of a philosophical question uh, as it relates to technology. And uh, now that uh, you know you've been in the world of technology for so many years, and uh, there was a question that was asked in a way that, as connected as we are with technology, it's also removed us from having uh, to have human connection. What are your thoughts on that, and how can we bridge? Uh, human connection in this uh, day and age when social media and, you know, all that is ruling our lives? Great, great question. So on one hand, technology is, has absolutely become a great enabler. So I cannot imagine conducting business today without the power of technology. Even, <laughs> even a simple 
podcast show like this. Before we got on the podcast, we, we connected through Skype. We saw each other. Uh, I'm just thinking, if I had that technology 20 years ago, being able to just click on a button, see my client, uh, it was would have been amazing. So, so number one, I absolutely see technology as a great enabler, not disabler. Um, and I have clients, I, I've been fortunate to have clients all over the world today, in, all over the U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, Europe, uh, Israel. The beautiful thing about technology, for me to engage with them would be pretty challenging to get on a plane and see them <laughs> constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Yet with Skype or Zoom or any of those technology, I can push the button and see them in front of me. However, I, I believe in the human connection, and there's nothing more powerful than seeing a person face-to-face. So when the opportunities come up, whether it's a, a retreat or a workshop that allows us to interact I always prefer that over technology. So one of my clients from South Africa was just here for three days with me. And that's the first time we actually met face to face. We already saw each other on Skype. We were very connected, uh, very close to each other. But I'll tell you, there was nothing like shaking his hand, dining together, seeing him face to face and and having those amazing discussions. So even this discussion that is so exciting to have with you today probably would have been slightly different if we were face to face. So again, I don't want to look at technology as a disabler because it is an enabler, but when the opportunity are out there for us to shake a hand, to hug a person, of course I would prefer it. And that's why I love attending retreats, or workshop face-to-face, not just the online workshop, but actually the kind of workshop that I get to travel and see people and hang out with people. Uh, that human connection is amazing. Yeah, it's so great. And then the next question is, if you could go back in time, and let's say this is a hypothetical question, and you know we have a time machine. and So if you could go back in time and talk to your young self, your 18 or 19-year-old self, what advice would you give him? Probably three things come to mind. It's going to be great, is my first advice. Stop worrying so much and just enjoy the moment. Focus on your passion. Pursue your passion. Impact others. Help others. Find a way that what you, your gift that you're given, the value that you bring out there, has tremendous impact on others. When you connect those two together, your gifts and the value you bring to the world with the need of people, amazing, amazing things happen. When I was young, in my <laughs> probably in my teens and 20s, I, I didn't realize that. Uh, but as I start to mature and realize that more, um, those worries have gone away. And, and, and so, so, so my advice will be connect your gifts, the value you bring to the table with what people are looking for. Engage them emotionally of course, intellectually, but primarily emotionally. Stop worrying about things and enjoy the moment. Great things are going to happen. Life is going to be great. Realizing there are some adversity, you know, some some setbacks, but that's part of life. That's those are the challenges that life throws at us in order to to make us a better person, uh, and in order to allow us to to learn from that. So every time there's a challenge comes at my at, at me, whether it's a personal challenge or business challenge. You know what goes goes through my mind? The saying, here we grow again. (laughs) I like that. Here we grow again. And I like your uh, philosophy on enjoying the moment and, uh, you know, uh, combining the gifts and our value that we bring to the table with the market demand. And then, uh, you know, that totally uh, eliminates the worry factor. And that's so great. Uh, moving on to our next section, uh, Chad, this is a rapid fire round, and this is where I'm going to ask you a bunch of uh, quick questions. These are fun questions, and we may not get through all of them, but I just want to kind of touch on that a little bit. Uh, and this is uh, whatever the first response comes to your mind, and if you want to elaborate on it, feel free to do so. But again, this is a rapid fire round. So, Chad, are you ready? I am ready, Cal. All right. So the first question I have for you is... If you could be successful in another profession, which would you choose? Photography. Mm. What is, in your opinion, the greatest work of art? Oh, gosh. Um, anywhere from, you know, walking into the Sistine Chapel uh, was, was 
I, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I have to hold my breath. I, it was amazing looking at some of artists like Chauli, uh, the glass that he creates today. Listen to music from Pat Metheny, who I think is one of the genius of our century. Uh, listen to Mozart, Beethoven. Um, so anywhere from art to music, looking at some, looking at some photographers in the world, and I go, wow, this is not photography. This is art. Uh, that comes to mind. That's so great. Uh, the next question is, if you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be? There are probably two or three. First of all, the creation of the world. Would have loved to be there to see that. <laughs> and um, the second event probably for me growing up in Israel is um, 1948 when the state of Israel was created. Uh, just being there in the moment when the announcement was made in the U.N., and people were dancing in the street. Um, and then, of course, the, the birth of my kids and the birth of my grandkids. Um, I, I would never get tired. On the contrary, I would love to relive it over and over and over. It was a very, very special, special moment in my life. Okay. The next question is, what was your most unusual job? Growing <laughs> up or recently or anything? <laughs> Uh, most unusual job. Wow. Um, I would, say, <laughs> I would say right after the military service, I got a job working in some, um, I, I, I had to figure out what I want to do in life since I, I was in love with music at that time. Uh, but I had to, to get some kind of a job. So I working, I, I, I worked for a building contractor, um, kind of supervising the people in the field and I couldn't stand it. I hated every moment of it. I was not passionate about it. So that, that, that was something that I stepped out of very, very quickly. Great. Um, who's your favorite musician? There are many. There's not one, but uh, I mentioned Pat Metheny, who is an amazing composer, guitarist. I just think the world of Pat Metheny. That's great. And then uh, the next question is, Tell me something that is true that almost nobody agrees with you on. I'm not sure if they're not agreeing with me because I, I have a way to, <laughs> to persuade to convince them. But oftentimes people say to me, Chad, I need help with my website. And my typical answer is you're already thinking about it completely wrong in a completely wrong way. Uh, may I labor, elaborate on that further? And then the answer is, of course. Uh, what do you mean by that, Chad? Well, rather than thinking about your website, you need to think about your web presence. The mm. web presence is the strategy you bring to the table, the remarkable content, how you market yourself. So it's not just throwing together a website, but it's how do you engage people emotionally? How do you bring this? We talked about a couple of minutes ago, that amazing gift you have, the value you bring in order to impact others. It's a different way of thinking about it than people oftentimes say, can you help me with my website? No, <laughs> I need to help you with your web presence, <coughs> which goes back to one more word, which is the, the word mindset. I have to work on people's mindset, and oftentimes they don't realize it. The last thing that comes to mind is the word transformation. When people work on the web presence, it becomes transformational because they have to dig deep into all those things, uh, figure them out, articulate them in order to come up with the right web presence. So there's a disagreement there, but eventually the ones that become my, cli my clients the ones that agree with me, the ones that don't become my clients probably disagree. No, I like that. I, I see what you did right there. I mean, it's a, it's a way of creating a paradigm shift and a new way of looking at it. There's a great book by uh, Dr. Edward De Bono. He talks about lateral thinking. It's about looking at a problem from a whole other perspective. Mm. And uh, you know, this, is, this is so great. And the final question within the rapid fire round is, if you could have, Chad, any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? We're putting up um, our new Facebook business page. I have my Facebook personal page, which I've been very active on, but this week we're launching our um, business page. And my team asked me, what one quote of yours shall we use right now? And uh, the one I co I've come up this week with, uh, set big daring goals that energize you to excel beyond your expectations. Mm, I like that. It's so inspiring. 
Very inspiring. So uh, moving on to uh, that finishes our rapid fire round and moving on to our final section. This is a wrap up uh, round and I just have three final questions for you. So the first question, Chad, I have for you is what is your current personal or business passion project that you're working on and what are you looking forward to accomplishing in the next six months to a year from now? It has been on my mind for quite some time. I've been working on that for quite some time. There's always exciting things happening personally and business-wise for myself and my team. But it's uh, one of the things that has been my main focus for quite a few years is helping our clients with their content creation, books and digital content and things like that. So I actually trademark creating global digital empires. That's my trademark, uh, how to create a digital empire. The product I'm working on, which I'm very excited about, is the Digital Empire Creation Academy, which will teach, pe- will teach people how to effectively pull the amazing content they have in their heads, how to pull that content, and from that create tweets and articles and books and booklets and online product and, and go and share this amazing wisdom they have with the world. So this academy, this uh, Creating Your Digital Empire, is something I'm very passionate about. And uh, I've been working on that for quite some some time. And my goal is to release that um, in 2017, hopefully no longer the beginning of 2018. No, that is fantastic. And uh, the next question is, uh, what are three things you're grateful for in life today? The first one, of course, is my family, my wife, my kids, my grandkids. It's uh, I would not be here without them i would not be here with my without my parents so i'm I'm grateful for of course the first thing is family second second thing is um uh probably no particular order but i i've been very very fortunate to work with amazing thinkers amazing clients so i'm very thankful for the the freedom the the business i've i've been given a chance to create um, and whether I would have been in Israel or here in the U.S., but uh, I'm very proud to be both an Israeli citizen and a U.S. citizen. And the U.S. has given me a chance here to create an amazing life, an amazing business, and impact a lot of people around me. So the second thing is my clients. And the third thing I'm grateful for is just to be part of, of life, part of the creation, part of the amazing 21st century of thinkers. Um, I would not would not have liked to be here 100, 200, 300 years, years ago, maybe for my experimentation, uh, just to see what happened there. But also would love to see what would, have, what would happen 100 years from now, 500 years from now. But I'm very happy with giving the chance to be part of life, part of the world around us. Well, that's so beautiful. And uh, so uh, I would like to acknowledge you, Chad, uh, for a few things here. One is to showing us what living a life of excellence really means. I mean, having a journey that started off as a musician to creating a digital empire uh, of really uh, becoming one of the top internet marketing strategists in the world and helping clients with that kind of passion and dedication and really helping them with their content and digital web presence uh, so that they can create their own wow factor uh, in the in their domain. And secondly, this amazing contribution that you and your wife do in the community uh, with your music and worship and service and really bringing a smile to people's uh, faces uh, and that, that is such an incredible uh, way of giving back. And then having had such a wonderful uh, uh, family and raising kids and grandkids and showing us, you know, how you can have it really, really do a good job at all these uh, wonderful challenges and that we all as human beings experience. And finally, taking the time to appreciate nature and uh, being connected with uh the wonderful world that we live in through uh, your hobby and passion of photography. And and finally, I just want to acknowledge you for really so summing it all up as to how to raise the bar. Uh, no pun intended there, but really how to raise the bar in life. And so I really want to thank you for just amazing contribution that you are. So first of all, thank you, Cal. This is this has been fabulous. Uh, you're a great interviewer. You made it you made it so smooth and so easy that uh, it's it's very engaging. So thank you for not only including me for 
doing the thing you're doing and interviewing others to bring their wisdom, their knowledge to the world in order to both improve yourself, improve their their life and businesses and improve the ones that are listening. Um, and so all those acknowledgements, thank you as well. And of course, I'd be remiss not to, to mention among everything else that I'm also extremely grateful for my team. Uh, they're always pushing the heck out of me to improve. So uh, uh, having an amazing team uh, and leading an amazing team uh, is has been the key to my success as well. Oh, that's so beautiful. And then one final question, and this is how we wrap up all our interviews, and that is, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? I've learned years ago when I attend certain events or, or uh, retreats or learning experiences, if I can walk away with one piece of wisdom, one nugget that I've not thought about it before. If I can say, as I said earlier today, wow, I never thought about it this way. I'm a better person. I'm a better business person. I'm a better entrepreneur. So my way of judging an event that I attend, did I walk away with at least one nugget, one wisdom, one insight that I can take back to life, to business, to help myself and help others? Many of the events I attend I walk away with many such insights, not just one. I believe people listening to your show, uh, at least the way you're, f- you're phrasing those questions and the other people you had on the show and what you share with me, the future people you will have on the show, there's no doubt in my mind that the listener is going to walk away with at least one amazing, profound nugget, one wisdom that will help them improve their lives, the life of people around them, and the life of the people they're trying to impact. I appreciate that feedback, Chad, and I really, uh, truly uh, thank you again so much for your time and uh, candid and authentic answers, and I valued our conversation today, and uh, for those of us listening, with that, we'll wrap it up, and if you like what you heard, please share, don't be shy. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.